What's going on guys, this is CJ Flood and you are listening to another episode of Side Hustle Startup. Today I've got a really special episode and actually tomorrow as well, this is actually going to be the first part of a two-part interview series that I did with a very dear friend of mine um, and it's it's really, really amazing uh, just from the place of getting started and how to really start to find your voice even right at the beginning. So let's cue up the theme music and jump right into this first part of this two-part interview. So if you're like me, you know that MLM is an amazing opportunity to grow a real leverage income. But you also know that there's some huge issues in the industry. Like, why haven't MLMs let tactics change since the 80s? Or even why is it that some leaders are shaming people for wanting to do things a different way? Or even how dumb is it that old MLM methods say that you should shove your product or opportunity down everyone's throat? These are some of the obvious issues that we all face today. This podcast will show you how real MLMers like us are waging war on the old approach and we aren't just cheating by only bugging friends and family. Follow this podcast while I expose the 21st century methods I'm using to build my seven-figure downline and get people begging to join my team daily. Here's to the new system without all those old MLM handbrakes. My name is CJ Flood and welcome to Side Hustle Startup. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Side Hustle Startup Podcast. Today, we are very blessed to be sitting with an absolute rock star. Uh, Whether you be watching or listening, um, we have got the opportunity to talk with somebody that is uh, very near and dear to my heart, who's become a very close friend. Uh, You know, and this this is a beautiful thing about this industry where we get connected with people that we normally wouldn't have the opportunity to, and uh, we can grow and, and allow these relationships to foster. Now, this person is a very young, dynamic person that is um, somebody that I've seen grow immensely over these past few years. She actually was on uh, my wife's, she was one of my wife's bridesmaids when we got married. Uh, she's a very near and dear friend, as I said to us. So, Belle, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for coming on here to share uh, your journey online. And guys, please welcome the Miss Belle Carter to the Side Hustle Startup Podcast. Thank you, CJ. <laughs> I'm so, so, so excited to be here. It's good to have you on, finally. We've been talking about doing this for a, quite some time. Now, typically how this goes is we have a very candid and dynamic uh, conversation. There is absolutely zero um, agenda that we've got going, so we may take a few random turns. If you are listening or watching, um, please remember to just kind of be involved, be engaged, because I know that some of the stuff that Belle's going to drop out is going to be really, really powerful. And it may not be what it is that you need to hear specifically, but it could very well be the thing that you need for your team, um, you know, to really help them get started and for really help them get moving forward. Now, with that being said, Belle, can you please, like, share with the guys and and gals who are listening and watching, what what got you to here? Like, I know that's such an ambiguous, like, but, but what led you to this point? How did you get involved in, um, you know, this whole online space, really just wanting to build a side hustle? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll start from the very beginning. Um, I was first introduced to any kind of online stuff probably about eight years ago when I just finished school. I think yep. I finished school eight years ago. And um, 
my friend, my best friend's sister was into the online stuff and we started, you know, Chris Record. That's where we started with. We started with Chris Record and doing all his stuff and building Facebook pages and um, T-shirt campaigns and stuff. No, we started with Facebook pages and I have like a couple of Facebook pages about Peter Pan. (laughs) 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 But I have like 11,000 likes on them and they keep growing now even though I haven't posted anything on them in like four years. So we started there and um, we've come a long, long, long freaking way (laughs) from Facebook pages. Yeah. And um, so what came next after Facebook pages, we started doing t-shirt campaigns and um, I had some really good successful ones. Actually, when I went back and looked at the stats just recently, I was like, holy crap, that got like 15,000 shares on this thing. Like what the hell? Like, but Facebook was different back then, you know, it was super different. Uh, yeah. We could get one cent likes on our pages. So I could build a page to 10,000 people easy because it only cost me one cent. So, you know, it was a different game back then. And then um, from there, we were introduced to, or we started like dabbling with drop shipping, you know, we've dabbled a bit. When I say we, my friend and I. <laughs> and um, then, we were introduced to network marketing in 2016 and that's when we were like wait what if we could do this online that was like Mm -hmm. our second conversation after joining (laughs) and so then my friend and i were like why what if we could do this online so we started to do webinars i filmed so many webinars like running on this thing and then we tried to run traffic to either get them to an event or just to get them to watch the webinar. And it was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, no one is showing up to these events, even though they are SVPing. And um, people are, I don't know, people weren't buying at the webinar. Yeah, anyways. And then, then I met CJ here. And he introduced me to the whole ClickFunnels world. And um, I was like, crap, we're doing this all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa found out, right? I know. (laughs) Better late than never. So that's all kind of led us, led me now, led me to here. Now, for those of you guys that are listening um, and for you that are watching, I want to just kind of hit the break here for a second and, and talk about something in particular. You'll notice that uh, Belle's got that really nervous smile on her face. Um, she's throwing down the arms and the R's and, and everything like that. So Belle is actually one of like a really close friend of mine. And p- part of her coming on is for me to go, great. Like what's the experience you've had? Like, you know, coming from eight years of online stuff, that's, there's not many people in this world that have actually kind of been at it that long, uh, particularly as young as what Belle is. And then at the same time, there's, it's a great opportunity to um, hear that story and learn from those trials and tribulations that she's been down. And then on top of that, it's a great opportunity for Belle to come in and go through another growth phase and another uh, another opportunity for her to really just accelerate her own personal growth forward. Now, I know, Belle, in saying that, you and I kind of really connected at um, one of our a company event, um, you know, with the company that we were previously with. Um, 
and for to say that we both uh, like the whole uh, personal development uh, genre and, and idea would be a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> now, can you tell the guys and the girls listening, like what's obviously the person that you are now is so different from the person that started eight years ago. You know, even from the, the number of years that I've known you. So tell me, how is it that um, personal development and personal growth has played at an effect in your journey to kind of get here um, to, to this interview right now in the middle of June in 2019? <clears throat> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. Um, for a start, as you can all tell, I have a voice that some people say I sound like I'm five and that's kind of been going on for a while now. <laughs> but when I was younger, I, I couldn't even speak out because I felt so embarrassed because people would always say something like, how old are you? You sound like you're two years old. Or they'd be like, me, 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 me. Anyways, so it took a long time <laughs> for me to, I had to go through this personal development to even be able to speak yeah. and not just speak, but just speak and be heard and speak and not feel like ashamed of speaking. Yeah. So like, especially working with you and with Catherine Taylor and this whole I don't know what names can I say? Does it matter? Can I just say names? I don't know. The, yeah. the whole personal development stuff has been a huge help for me to even speak, you know, especially because I do a lot of Facebook lives and stuff like that now where a few years ago I could never imagine ever doing something like that. I would feel way too, like, shame, you know. So... Personal development has been super key for me, not just meeting people, which has been a huge thing, but just finding my own voice and continuing to be open to finding more and not just settling for where I am now, but knowing that there's like bigger possibilities for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, guys, this is such a key point. Like, so many of us come into this journey as, you know, as an entrepreneur, like, oh, you know what? I want to work for myself or I want to build a business or whatever. And it's like the person that you are when you make that decision is like a one gajillion percent, not the person that you're going to be when you finally get to the place of starting to achieve success. And then again, beyond that to where you go, this is where I'm actually aiming for. And this is what I'm going for. So the reason why I bring this up is because it's such a powerful, uh, component that we often don't tap into now bell started to to mention a little bit of why that is you know so i, I really want to tap into that a little bit further Bell, you were talking about facebook lives and um i know that you're a facebook live fiend um and you love it of recent times uh that's kind of started to shift away more towards your podcast which is uh which is awesome to hear but i really just want to kind of hear about that journey of going from um, shy, you know, shy young girl to being able to step out as a, a woman and go, you know, here I am and this is my message and this is what I have to say. Because I think there's a lot of people that struggle in that transition process to be publishing, whatever that may be, whether it be written, audio, video, Facebook lives, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. That transition is a challenge for people. So, can you just kind of walk me through that process on how you did it? Uh, what were some of the things that you 
got blindsided by. Okay. Okay. So, um, it helped by being around people who were actually good people and who would actually take time to listen to me. And then I started to realize that what I had to say actually did mean something and people were actually interested in what I had to say and I could make people laugh sometimes. And this was like a, a big realization to me, like, okay, I do actually have something to say and I'm actually tired of not being able to say what I want to say. So it got to this point where I was more pissed off and frustrated than anything else. And I was like, I have something I want to say and I want to say it and I don't want to be held back by like one or two people who might mock me. Like it's what I have to say is more important than that. And when I started to, I didn't start with Facebook lives. I started posting just like I like to write, so I'll like write long form posts about different things. And then even sometimes people wouldn't even like them or comment on them. But when I spoke to them face to face or message them or something, they would say, wow, that post you made the other day really meant a lot to me. Or mum and I were just talking about you the other day. And I, I always remember this one. Mum and I were just talking about you the other day. And uh, she said how sometimes when I see your post or she sees your posts, it makes her whole day. And I'm just like, she has never once liked one of my posts. <laughs> what? But it's been making her whole day. So it was like a good encouragement for me if I felt like my post was a tumbleweed, and, but it actually still had some kind of impact or it was always a learning and a tweaking thing. And so to get to Facebook Live, I, always, I remember my first ever Facebook Live. I was on my lunch break at work and I told my coworker, I'm going now to do a Facebook Live. She thought I was mental, but I was like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to show around where I live. So then it's less pressure on me to talk. So I was just like, oh, hello, look at this and look at that. And I just talked about, I can't even remember what I talked about. I think it was <laughs> And when I was doing it, two guys came and sat down next to me. So I was like, what the hell? And that was hard because it's different when you're doing a Facebook Live when you're by yourself. So then when someone comes up, you're like, what the hell? Like, oh, yeah. oh gosh. So that was my first one. And um, yeah, and then from there, it just got easier. It got easier and easier because... Uh, not really my head got clearer, but I was like, I just cared less. I cared less about what the response was. Sometimes you'll see like a, um, like a high school friend come up on your live, just come on live, like is watching. And I, yeah. oh my God, I forgot I even know that person. Ah, they see me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So I, th I think that's really, really powerful what you shared there where it's like, it's this transitional period that takes time. Now, I know this is a conversation that you and I have had um, many times over. It's a conversation I've had with many people here across the entire industry of, you know, MLM, affiliate marketing, um, across a bunch of my, my clients when I was running Facebook ads and chatbots. This was um, basically this whole vanity metric around likes comments shares views all this stuff and what we don't realize is 
how many people are actually seeing that and you're making impact and they're not engaging. So talk me through the process of uh, kind of letting go of that, uh, that vanity metric around, you know, what are the engagements that I'm getting on a post through to like, and taking that and using that for fuel to be able to continue moving forward, uh, even though it felt really uncomfortable. Well, one thing I did is I noticed how I react on Facebook. So yep. when I see other people's posts and I like, I like them in my mind, sometimes I still don't even press any buttons or engage. So I was like, didn't mean I didn't like it. It was just like, like I was being stingy with my like, or it, <laughs> or it didn't even occur to me. I was like, that's great. And then just keep on scrolling, you know? So I had to take that into account and just the feedback that you get from a person more privately means so much more to me. Like, I feel like the weight is so much, so much more. It's much more personal. Um, I'm not sure what else to tell you. Uh, how did I get? <laughs> but I, I think it's spot on what you said there. You know, like we, we as a society, now we've kind of, we're accustomed to this social age and we're getting used to it. And it's like, I still remember when, you know, you and I were talking through the whole, like, expert secret stuff and trying to wrap your head around that i'm like just go out there and start sharing your epiphany bridge and you're like ah what the hell is an epiphany bridge and like and then like you come back at the end of the day and be like did you watch my video i'm like no i didn't like it's not for me to watch it like because the thing is and it's had nothing to do with the relationship that we've got like you know i i, I love bella and i i care about it deeply but at the same time like i also care about my time and at the same time i don't don't necessarily want Facebook to show me more of that type of stuff. I want to be engaging with, um, you know, content that I really actually want to see. So I'm, and people in general are super uh, conscious around how they engage. Now, obviously you get, you know, you get the, uh, the people that are out there and they're, they're just dropping reactions left, right and center and commenting on everything. I always love it when my grandma comes on, um, those 30 notifications that I get in half an hour is hilarious. Um, but it's the truth, right? Like, there's people that are like that, but I think as we move forward, we become conscious of that and we become aware, you know, the more of this sort of stuff I like, the more of it I see, you know, so do I really want to see more of that? And I think that's a really great measure, um, you know, on our own time and something that we need to kind of let go of as publishers. Now you spoke about, um, you know, transitioning forward. Yeah, I know you've done a bunch of Facebook lives, but you're also kind of moving on to podcasting. Tell me about that transition, why it's happening, um, what your thoughts are with the process and, and everything around that. Well, it was a transition that took a long time for me to actually do because <clears throat> I really like doing the Facebook lives. I, I enjoy doing it. Then um, I noticed that I would do a Facebook live and I thought, wow, this is so good. And then I would also notice that I don't know when I did that and where it was and I'll never see it again. You know, it's lost, gone, yeah. feed lost. And then I remember hearing like Gary V talk a lot about podcasts are going to be the next big thing. And I was like, yeah, for sure, man. And I just didn't get on board with it. And then <laughs> you went ahead and did your podcast and I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to hang in there on Facebook live for now because Facebook live is still big. But then I realized 
when I did something that was really good, it was just gone forever from Facebook Live, unless I saved the videos, but it's just gone. And I wanted to have a way that I could keep my content and people could, it'll be, it'll be like evergreen, you know, and people will be able to go back to it at any time and find it easily. And then I even noticed with myself, I got real stingy with my Facebook lives that I'm watching. I'm like, I'm not watching because it takes a lot of effort to watch a Facebook live. (laughs) Whereas a podcast, I can just put it on when I'm driving or doing my housework or whatever. And it's just so much more, um, like user friendly, just easier. And so I'm like, well, let's make this easier for my people too. And then also you can use the Facebook, like you can just, you can, uh, what is, what is the word I'm looking for? You can use that content for all different things. So it was one thing I could do and turn it into a lot more things. So I'm like, well, it's worth my time. It's worth my time to get good at this. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you hit the nail on the head there really well, where you're talking about like to, to do a Facebook live, um, you know, it takes time, it takes planning, it takes energy. Um, same as it does for a podcast. But the difference is with a podcast is it's there forever. Like my, my most listened to podcast episode at the moment is still the very first one I did. You know, like people go back and they still listen to it over, even though it's freaking terrible. Um, you know, if you want a good laugh, go and have a listen to that. That's hilarious. But honestly, it's the truth of the matter. People go back and they listen to stuff, particularly if they enjoy it. So what we're talking about here is like, how is it you can do one thing once and leverage it long term? It's about leveraging your time as an entrepreneur, right? Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? You want to be out there having an impact, growing a team, making money, you know, building and like developing relationships with people and expanding your empire. So yeah. the, the least amount of time that you can spend on um, you know, having to create content daily, the better. Because as Belle said, it's like this, this real big peak and then it kind of just drops away. And it's a big peak and then it drops away. Every time you're publishing on Facebook and Instagram, these are, this is what's happening. So with that in mind, like why, why, why go to podcasting? Why not go to YouTube? Why not go to you know, blogging? Why, why are you in podcasting in particular? Well, with my podcasting, I am also putting it on YouTube, but that's not my main focus. It's kind of just like a backup because YouTube is similar to podcasting in that your stuff stays there and you can go back and watch it. Like people unsubscribe to, I'll go back and watch all their videos if I love them. I don't really care what's posted. Like Facebook and Instagram, it's so much important that people see it when at a certain time, otherwise it'll never be shown again. So for the podcasting, it's just that when people, yes, with the podcasting, people can come back to it at any time. They get, they get to know you and they want to know all of your stuff. Whereas on your Facebook page, that's really bloody hard to yeah. find all that stuff. Yeah, 100%. So you repeat the question to me because I just forgot what you asked. <laughs> no, but I think that's, that's exactly right. You know, we were talking about what it is that you, know, why head to podcasting? It's like, well, this is this is the power of going back and getting to know something you know as you said um you chose podcasting over youtube because it's kind of like it's that easier medium right even though you can do both yeah, yeah? it is definitely 
gotten easier. It's just because, I mean, I hate to say it, but people are busy these days and it's just way more convenient to hear a thing than to have it as a video, you know, because it's like, it's just easier. It's way more convenient. And I'm listening to so much more podcasts than I am YouTube. If I have time to sit down, then I will just watch a YouTube video. But if, um, if I'm doing stuff, it's just easy to have a podcast. So it's just good to cover all the bases anyway. And I think this is just a prime example of how as consumers and as a society in the social age, we've changed and evolved in what we do where we were watching lots of video. um, And we still do in a lot of senses, you know, YouTube still has an unprecedented amount of uh, consumed time. You know, we're talking like, one and a half billion hours watched daily on YouTube platform. You know, it's more than 10 times that of Facebook. So it's like, we're still doing that in a lot of ways, but it's how things have evolved. I know for me personally, like I'm watching a YouTube clip and I need to do something. I'll literally just put it down and I'll, you know, put it through my Bluetooth speakers or I'll hook up my headphones and put my phone in my pocket. I'm not actually watching. I'm just straight listening. And this is the thing. And that was the key for me that made me go, you know, maybe there's something to this whole podcasting thing, even though I didn't really have to worry about how and what I looked like so much, um, which was a convenience as well. But it was it was the fact that I was able to do so much more with it. And I think that's a really powerful way to look at it. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. So much um, less. I'm not saying that podcasting is just off the fly, but yeah. don't worry about your lighting or <laughs> where you're going to do it or what you aware for it how's it oh god it's just a lot easier <laughs> yeah regard 100 100 all right awesome now with that being said you spoke about um doing some t-shirt campaigns um dabbling some drop shipping um you spoke about running um you know some traffic into webinars and um you know like events and stuff in the past for your mlm talk to us about um what was the thinking doing that? Um, what what were you doing? And then obviously, as from what you mentioned, you were like, oh, I'm doing it all wrong. So tell us what that what you were doing incorrectly. If you could go back and change it, like what would you do? Okay, so I can be a little bit attached to things sometimes, too attached. So I can get an idea in my head like one, so we made a lot of Shopify stores as well. I didn't, I forgot to mention that. But oh, one time, <laughs> just add that to the list. Yeah, right. Like, I really want to have like a headband online store. Like, I just want to sell headbands. And so I would just be like, all right, ta-da, I'll find my product and I'll put all this time and effort into building a Shopify a store getting a name, making all the things, all those things, and then and then worry about the audience later and if there was a call for it or if what I was actually doing was actually interesting to anyone else. And like, I just didn't – and I was getting coaching at the time and they were like, yeah, sure, there'll be a market for that. Go ahead. And I'm like, all right. So I thought – but whereas when, when we go from, like, expert secrets point of view, it's like finding – you don't the off like the product and the offer is later you know it's like you find what people need first what's actually the pain point what people actually need and then comes the product whereas I was like have my product surely everyone's gonna want this you know just take it 
Reminds me of old school MLM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. But that, yeah, so that was like, yeah, that wasn't me. And it was just so much, I know like we love learning. We love learning. I love it. I know you love it. But it was just so irritating to just constantly be learning a new thing all the time. And every time you think you've got Shopify down pat, then everyone's talking about drop shipping. And so in that regard, we were like going from like, you know, started off with Facebook pages, then T-shirts, then Shopify, then drop shipping. And I know my friends got completely burnt out from that. It was just one thing after another, rather than just focusing on on a single angle, you know, yeah. like instead of having all the things and then it's, you know what it's like an online marketing world. It's like, yeah. this, is the new thing. this is the new thing, this is the new thing. And you're like, shit, should I get into that? That's where the money is now. This is what's trending. But it's like, you got to, stay the course you know and that was probably what what was so detrimental for us was it's just like this week we're learning this oh hang on that didn't really work let's move on to this one let's go back to that because we actually had a bit of success oh no was you know it was so i <laughs> i can just see you now going like oh my god i can't believe i made those mistakes <laughs> over and over and over but it's such a such a true thing. Now, with that, I want to caveat it in a different way, right? Is like, as entrepreneurs, we get started in this game because we want to do something different. We we challenge the status quo. We push the norms. We're looking to do things in a different way, which is fantastic. That is what entrepreneurship is all about. But at the same time, I can just about guarantee that for 99.9% of people, what you start with is not what you end with. So there needs to be a bit of a process of, of growing and evolving and, and moving forward. Like this podcast is, you know, um, right now, I think I've got about 25, 30 odd episodes published and it feels like every 10 episodes, there's an evolution. It's like, oh my God, everything's changing, but I'm still in that same sort of area. I'm still in the same. So it's like, you can be focused on a particular thing, but it's like there's different ways to do said thing. And that's where you can actually start to, to go out and try one way and try something different. You know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, MLM is the gateway into entrepreneurship. Um, you know, where it's like, you know what, I don't have my product. Um, so I figure if I can make some money by selling someone else's, why wouldn't I want to do that? And for a lot of us, we learned that, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> Like it can be really hard. So it's like, okay, you know what? I need, I need something more. I think. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Would you like me to teach you your own downline five simple recruiting tips for free? If so, head over and get your free Soldier of Fortune system by subscribing to this podcast at sidehustlestartup.co.